On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute pleasure, I know I say this all the time, but it really is. Anyone who I have on the podcast, I, and you guys get to hear, <laughs> I absolutely love talking to. Ben was no exception. Ben uh, started Welly Bottle. Really interesting story. A little bit of a different take on building his business uh, than most people have. And so uh, really great conversation. Uh, somebody who I'm going to keep in touch with over the years and hopefully do uh, some good stuff with. So so uh, amazing conversation. You guys will get tons out of this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, we are back. I have Ben Kander from Welly Bottle all the way from Pittsburgh. Hello. Pittsburgh, Hello. Pennsylvania. You can tell I'm Canadian. I, uh... <laughs> uh, ben, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. It's so nice to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. We are very proud uh, as Pittsburghers or Yinzers, as my fellow Pittsburghers will know. Very Is proud. it Pittsburgher? I don't really know. <laughs> Yinzer, you know, we say Yins instead of y'all, which is what it's said down, down, down south. <laughs> and so really interesting Pittsburgh dialect where it's like, hey, Yin's going downtown to a ball game. It's a whole different <laughs> dialect that you probably haven't heard of unless you've been here. No, no. And I, I could probably talk about that the entire episode. But, <laughs> we probably uh, could. <laughs> we'll give you some value, people, if you're still listening right now through this. So <laughs> we're, we're going to get to some some great stuff here. So for people who don't know you, let's let's go through who you are, uh, what you do, why you're on Secrets to Scaling. Sure. Um, entrepreneur. I founded a company called Welly Bottle. The business was really founded out of tragedy in my life. When I was 22, my mom passed away from cancer, from liver cancer. I just graduated from college and moved into a nine to five job selling actually sugar for sugar in the raw, the, the brown sugar packets at Starbucks, which they are a great company, loved, loved working for them. But you know, when my mom died, I realized how fragile life is. And she was both an entrepreneur, she was a philanthropist, and I really just wanted to continue in her footsteps and, and continue her legacy. So uh, I named the business after her. Her name was Ellen. My dad used to call her Ellie at home. So I named it Welly after her. And then also we donate 1% of sales to clean water projects in developing countries mainly through wells so that hence the name welly i love it ah that's super cool i'd love to hear about about your journey like when did you guys start when was that sort of inflection point of hey this is going to be a a, a real business sure so i was actually selling sugar in the uk to brits who have no interest in trying anything different in their tea, which was a very interesting sales experience. But my girlfriend at the time, now wife, was living with me. She drank more water than anyone I knew and got me to start drinking more water. And at the time, I didn't have 
a reusable bottle that I was using or loved, at, at, you know, on a regular basis. So uh, the original concept was actually a collapsible bottle that would fit in guys' back pockets. We mm. developed a prototype, launched on Kickstarter, sold sixty-five thousand dollars off of a really terrible product. It was a uh, I would never would sell that today, and we we had to pivot many times. So th- this was back in twenty. Did you deliver it? We did not. So well, oh, we, okay, we delivered, but a completely different product. So we upgraded. It was a blessing in disguise. We upgraded it to double, not triple wall vacuum insulation made out of stainless steel before it was an EVA foam. It's a much better product, but it took us three full years to redesign, redevelop, um, and get bottles to our Kickstarter backers. So 2018 was our first full year of sales. And when we officially, I would say, went live, even though the Kickstarter was back in 2015. Wow. So you guys have a bit of a different path than most people who come on here. And I love actually having both because people know, and if you're just new to listening to this podcast, first of all, go back and listen to the other 200. We would love that. But, But also you'll know that I, in business, am obsessed with having multiple sales channels, right? I love wholesale. I absolutely love wholesale. I think that I think that there's there's a few brands out there that y- yes, they're doing a great job of just direct to consumer. You know, uh, Vessi is a good local one that we have here. Does an awesome job of that. Allbirds, right? Like all of these ones that are like really just like went on this direct consumer train. I don't believe it. I don't like it as a business owner. I, I'm very weary of it. Um, I really like spreading out my risk, right? And product. All that to say, I'd love to hear about your journey in business so far. Yes, 100%. When we started, I, you know, I saw this trend of D2C and felt this is what we're going to do. We're going to launch a great, beautiful website with a great product and put all of our ads on Facebook and Instagram and Google and make a lot of money sitting behind a computer, right? That was kind of the, yeah. and I learned quickly that it's very competitive, especially in our category of reusable insulated steel water bottles. And what I thought would be our complete driver is now represents 10 to 12% of our total revenue. So we, you know, I I view entrepreneurship as just a game of pivots and just you try something. If it works, you scale. If it doesn't work, you pivot really quickly. So I started basically it was by me by myself. And uh, actually my old employer gave me some warehouse space. I purchased a laser engraver for $25,000 and I started taking our bottles and engraving logos on them. So I would send them to all of my friends and they're come with their company name on it. And I'd give one extra to give to the person in charge of buying promotional products. And then at the same time, I was doing it for yoga studios and coffee shops. And sorry, my dog, I'm working from home. I don't know if you can hear him, but here, but um, so I just started engraving bottles and shipping them out as gifts for people and giving a sample to the buyer at the coffee shop or, or the, you know, the yoga studio. And that quickly generated sales. It was, you know, people at the company would be jealous of the person who had their logo on this cool bamboo water bottle. And so that just started growing from there. And wholesale and custom, so custom is within the promotional products channel, have represented the majority of our sales. While D2C, we still you know, are struggling to figure and crack that nut. We are not yet uh, at a point where we can scale it profitably. Um, and so we're really putting our resources into revamping that. And But right now, it's really wholesale and custom that drives the business. Yeah, interesting. So I we had on recently uh, the CEO of uh, Local Laundry, which is like a Canadian uh, company who made a very similar pivot early on where they realized they were getting all of these requests 
uh, in because they made local Canadian garments, right? Which is pretty rare. Like that's, that's what we do as well. But people ask us all the time to do custom and we're like, no, we don't have, we don't even have enough inventory for our own customers. We can't do custom, right? Mm -hmm. But it was super interesting to hear how the, how this there, it's not just wholesale direct consumer, right? There is that entire other sales channel of promotional products. People don't necessarily want to just go on promoproduct.com and buy some cheap stuff that like people are just going to throw away. So I think that this is, this is incredible. How, like, so besides just sending products out there, how else did you start to like wrestle up business here? Because I'm so interested in this. And then, sorry, there's another question in there too. At this point, were you really well branded on your bottles? No, our brand was not out there. Our, our logo was on our bottles, but you know, I wanted to keep it pretty minimal. I, I, I don't like when a brand is really big on any product. So we wanted to keep our logo as minimal as possible. It laser engraved into real bamboo which is a beautiful natural look, but we kept it as subtle as we could. But it was really to start, I mean, looking back at those days, it was me by myself in a warehouse, engraving 10 bottles at a time. While they were engraving, I was sending emails out, just would love to send you a sample, would love to send you a sample. The bottles would finish, I would take them all out, clean them all, pack them, put a new set of 10, turn on the machine, get back to emails. It was a crazy, and then I'd ship it, invoice <laughs> We've all been there. Anyone listening to this is like, oh yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I've, been, I've done that before. Completely. And so, you know, looking back at like the early days, it was just, I think as an entrepreneur, you've got to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And I love selling and I love networking and talking with people. So I already had a good network to start with. And we had 1100 backers from Kickstarter. So we tried to really leverage our community to refer a friend and you get a free bottle. You know, we were doing things that weren't necessarily profitable to start, but would really help get the brand out there. And custom was really what saved us because larger companies have a budget for things like this, where they want a premium product that represents their brand and when you have natural bamboo and your logo laser engraved, it really sold them. So, uh, and I think there's a lot of ego involved with uh, when you see your brand, your logo or brand on something else on a product, the conversion rate spikes. It goes really high. Oh yeah. So, so that's still a part of our strategy today with our in-house sales team. I say send as many samples as you can and as many with their logo on it because I know that that's going to get them get our wholesale accounts in particular to buy. How do you get the logos? Do you just like Google it? And yeah, we would Google, I would download, it have to be vector format or I, I downloaded yeah. software that helped me convert them to basically black and white vector. And that's what our laser engraver did. And we got to a point where, you know, I couldn't run it. I had to hire someone who was running that full time. And then he took a, over engraving. And then I was over, you know, so consumed with everything else that I needed someone to help do run sales. So I brought someone on a commission only and gave him some equity. And that's what helped us really, he was able to focus on sales. I was able to focus on the operations and marketing and everything else and website. And then we were able to raise some money. So that's kind of, without that, those two people coming in for, you know, for relatively cheap at that time, because they believed in the business and were excited to be a part of it. Uh, I don't think we'd be here today. <laughs> if you can find people like that, and I'm talking to our listeners right now, get them, right? If you need to give them some equity to, to be in your business and they're going to work for cheap uh, because they know that there's that long-term payoff, 
take those people, right? They are absolute gold and they can see the vision, right? They can see the vision of of what you're going to do. Let's talk about raising money. We we don't talk about that tons on this podcast and and at that stage too. What did that look like? Were you just going to friends and family? Did you find some angels? Like where where did where did all that that come from? Only friends and family. Fortunately, there are some other businesses uh, in our space, so water bottle businesses that have sold and we had an idea of what their revenue was like. And so we had our general run rate of what we were doing uh, in 2019 is when we first raised some money in the beginning of the year. Um, And I just approached uh, friends and family, mainly in Pittsburgh through our network. And that, you know, you're investing in the entrepreneur more than the hundred percent time because as you should be, as you should like, I, that, that's the only way that I invest. You just invest in people because those are the people who are going to drive it. Any, anyone can make a product. Anyone can make a product. And it's more about learning and adjusting and failing fast. And so like the product at the time when they invested, that product now makes up like 5% of our sales, right? So we've had to pivot and redesign and upgrade product. And so they had to believe in me that I'd make those the right decisions. And more so, not just me, it's the people that I bring on, right? You, you can't do it alone as one person. It's the team. It's I, We have a head of marketing who I don't run, I run every business decision, decision by her. Thank you, Tess. And it's just like, without these people in our, our, our sales team, our independent contractors, without these people, like you, you gotta have good people or else you have a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Team is so important. So, okay. Sorry. I want to get a little bit back, back into the the fundraising, right? Raising money from friends and family. Cause I personally, I, I'm actually asking because I've never raised money, always bootstrapped everything. And I'd love to know just like, how do those conversations go raising from friends and family? Like, are you, are you promising them anything? Are you saying like, Hey, there's going to be returns probably in 2021? Good question. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable raising money, but we, we fortunately had some good sales growth. I didn't want to raise money. I, I wanted to bootstrap it. And I, at the time I believed I want to own hundred percent and control our destiny. But then when you run out of product and you need to buy even more product and it's overseas where it's a three to four month lead time, you need that cash on hand to place a 20% or a 50% deposit on those. Totally, Cause you don't have the relationships for terms yet. They, they don't know you. You're just some dude from, from the Berg. You're a Pittsburgher. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered 5,000 units one time. Right. So, yeah. so they, they do not know you at all. And so the reason, the only reason we need money was to maintain inventory to keep up with our demand. So that I think made it a lot easier for our friends and family to invest in, in Welly yeah. um, and believe that we're going to figure it out as we go. Um, so we came up with a valuation instead of doing a discount off a of future raise, came up with a valuation based off of our yearly run rate at that time and looking at competitors and said basically, hey, we want to put all profits back into the business. We want to keep growing it. We would potentially look to be acquired in a few years, but believe, you know, we'll hopefully have enough cash that we can start making distributions or if not, hopefully there will be a big payday at, in the terms of acquisition. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, I mean, those are uncomfortable conversations with investors alone, sure. people who actually want to invest, let alone friends and family. So, but it does drive you that much more because I know each one of them personal. So, you know, it, it, it's their money. I see them on a regular basis. You know, I can't go anywhere in Pittsburgh without seeing them. So, so, uh, you know, it, it just, it's just that much more of a driver to make sure that we are successful and they are proud. And if I ever do anything in the future that they want to support it too. So. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk marketing in general. I'm not, not just online. What is working for you guys right now in 2021? 
a lot of insulated water bottles, right? And if you look at our category, they are all, they all pretty much have the same functionality. They keep drinks hot, they keep drinks cold, and they're all made of stainless steel and plastic, right? And that's about it, right? So yeah. I, I took got, that I have one right here. There you go. There I, 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 it's always funny on Zoom calls where people feel uncomfortable to take out whatever product they have, or especially a plastic, a single-use plastic product. But let's see. Um, where, what was the question? I'm sorry, Jordan. I yeah, yeah, no, it. no. See, this is a conversation. So it just like <laughs> flows all over the place. That's I well grab my place. water bottle. Uh, no, the, the question was, what is working marketing wise for you guys? Okay. Thank you. So first, from a material standpoint, what we look to do is integrate bamboo. So we wanted to change the game. Everyone's doing stainless steel and plastic. Well, bamboo is a natural resource. It grows four to five times as quickly as trees do. So by taking it, you're not actually harming the environment. It grows so fast. It's hard to actually control. It's a weed. It's a weed. Exactly. It's a grass. So is it um, actually a grass? Is that what it is? From my research, it's a grass, but okay. grass, I think they might they might be in the same family. I so, use weed very uh, sure. very largely. <laughs> very liberal, absolutely. Yeah. So by, when you put our product up next in a lineup next to all of our competitors, from a visual perspective, it stands out immediately. So we like to differentiate by design first. You know, yeah. it's the furniture you're sitting on right now or the clothes that you wear. Most people buy them to start because they look nice. They, they want Wouldn't a welly work really well where I am here? Beautiful. Like beautiful spot. I feel like it's I need one right here. Completely beside this it. cactus. Yeah. Put your logo on it too. <laughs> <laughs> so design first is like is one of our biggest. Is our we have three main pillars: uh, design, sustainability, and now we're starting to look into integrating technology into our products. But so to start was bamboo and our materials, but then we also leveraged artists. So. I feel like when you look at like real estate, for example, um, whenever there's a, there are artists moving into a community, that's usually a sign to start investing in that community because they then open up galleries and then coffee shops come and then you know people start wanting to come visit this trendy new location. And so uh, interesting. And so follow the artists. Follow the artists, and artists tell stories, and they have beautiful work that you know artists are often underpaid, and they're not you know. Mm -hmm. they're not, Presented well. So I view our bottles as a canvas that we can display some of these beautiful works of art on our products, have them be limited edition. So our wholesale accounts get them now or they're gone. Same with our, our individual consumers or on our website. And then we keep doing new ones all the time. And the goal is really to start telling stories. So for instance, when George Floyd happened in Minneapolis, we as a small brand got together and said, what can we do? You know, as a small brand selling these water bottles, what can we do to make a difference? So we decided from then on to only feature artists of color to find artists of color that are not as well known and help hmm. build them through our, our products. And then we wanted to connect even further. And we looked into right now, we donate 1% of our sales to charity water based off of the Blake Mikoski book, Start Something That Matters, which I read a long time ago when I was just after my mom had passed away. And so we're looking for the, in terms of donations, let's donate to food and charities that support food insecurities because food insecurity affects people of color more than it does white people hmm. like us. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We're trying to use our bottles. I, I love selling water bottles. I love being in health and wellness and helping people stay hydrated. But I view my comp this company as a vessel, no pun intended, for doing better things in this world and, mm -hmm. and using our single-use plastics that ends up littering our waterways and helping give people access to clean water who just by virtue of being born in a, a third world country don't have access to clean water on a regular basis. It is mind blowing to think of, think of your brushing your teeth this morning or the showers that we hopefully took this morning. Imagine if you had to walk four hours 
to get dirty water to give to your family. And it's mm-hmm. like every day and it killed your family and you have no options. And so what, I, what I'm most proud of the most, uh, what I'm proud of the most is that you know, when we make our donations to charity water and get to choose communities that get access to clean water, uh, where it impacts women and daughters the most. And this is what I know my mom would be the most proud of mm-hmm. uh, is just supporting women because women and daughters are usually the ones that have to go walk those four hours to get water so that the boys can go to school and the men can work. And by putting hmm. a well into a community, it changes their lives, right? They, the, the girls can now go to school and get an education. The, the women can find jobs or support their families in other ways. So it's just that to me, this, this whole company is just a, a means for me to make some impact on the world beyond just making a profit, right? And so, well, we, I love the competition of business. I love the category we're in. Uh, and I, you know, I'm so proud anytime I see someone carrying one of our products. Um, what really gives me the most fulfillment is the, are those donations to, to charity water and clean water projects around the world. And that's connecting back to my mom and, and, and continuing her legacy. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. I love that. I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody, what is your secret to scaling? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's really, I think your friends, I feel like for where we are right now as a startup, it's leveraging your network to get people to share, to get people to want to tell your story. And that's what creates the virality. And that's what helps you really grow. Other than that, it's just hustle. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, especially at that stage, right? Where you just like, you just got to get out there. Uh, awesome. That's great. Well, I got three more questions for you. I hope that you're ready. Uh, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? I would say two. QuickBooks is just like a no brainer. I don't know how I lived without QuickBooks before I had it, but Lucky Orange has been a great app that where you get to see how a user interfaces with your website or your mobile or on desktop. And it's fascinating to watch someone where their pain points are when they scroll through your website, where they leave, why they exit, are they not getting enough information? You know, you can really dive into the psychology behind what someone is doing when you see, you know, the scrolls on the on, on your site. So that's hmm. awesome. Awesome. That's great. I, I don't think anyone's ever said that. And that's a great, it's a great app. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to? Oh, other than than you guys right here, of course. Obviously. <laughs> and, and, which I have been listening to a lot of yours. Podcasts or for audiobook, The Alchemist is always, is just, you know, in terms of finding yourself and finding your passion. The Alchemist in terms of a book, in terms of a podcast, I love how I, how I built this. So that's regular. That's great. We had a run of people for like, I think it was like 20 that said how I built this. Sure. And I haven't had one in a while. So it's refreshing. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, last question if you could sit down with anybody who's alive right now and have a drink with them who Ooh. would it be oh my goodness i wasn't expecting that one uh elon musk elon musk definitely i i think he'd be fun and enjoyable to to sit down with but also there's a i have a paperweight on my desk that says what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail right and for me it would be can- curing cancer after my mom went but i'm not a doctor and i'm not a scientist so for me, within water bottles, we're trying to think of what could we do? What would we, what risk, major risk would we take if we knew we could get it right? And for us, that's actually bringing manufacturing and steel back to Pittsburgh, which is something we're working on. And it reminds me of Elon Musk and just mm. taking the whole industry and saying, screw it. I'm going to open a plan up in the United States, make electric cars. I'm going to be the, do I, have I ever made a car before? No, but I'll figure it out. And then I'm going to make rocket ships that take us to, to the, you know, the moon and, yeah. and and it's just like I and love, link everybody's brains together 
that too. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sure there, there might be something in there too, but um, it's just his fearlessness is really impressive and that he's also doing it to, to change the world for the better. And I, I think that's, that's remarkable. I love your reasoning. Also this, I mean, when this comes out, he will have already been on SNL, but he's going to be on SNL yeah. this weekend. Uh, sure. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if he's going to be funny or not. I don't, there. We'll see. We will see. I hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. I don't think he's going to go down as like a Justin Timberlake as a host or anything, but you know, yeah, definitely not. He'll, 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 he'll do okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to try and watch it live. This has been so nice to have you on. Oh, actually, I was going to say one more thing there. <laughs> it's interesting the way that we see the world, right? Like how, how you were talking about, you know, what, what if I couldn't fail, right? And, and everybody is always trying. I've just been dealing with lawyers so much recently with our, our acquisitions that we're doing right now. And lawyers try and mitigate risk all the time, right? Sure. Lawyers, I think, are horrific entrepreneurs, it's not, it's not a way to be, and, and I've got this, I've got this funny thing I called, I'm sure somebody else has come up with this before, but I'm calling it George's law. This is my law. And it's, <laughs> it's based off of Murphy's law and it's anything that can go right, will go right. I love and, that. and when you think like that, you're like, yeah. you just see all of the good things, right? But when you think anything that can go wrong, will go wrong. You're just going to see all the wrong things. And, what? and you can't function. You, you don't function the same way and make the same decisions when you think that way, right? So I love it. I, I just wanted to, to hop on top of that point. Both of my parents are lawyers. And so, and that's how I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> by, by, by seeing them always look at what could go wrong. And I always, I was just, I was not that way. I just, what I felt like we could do anything. And maybe I, I've always been called naive and I, I wear that proudly. Um, and I think we should just all go for it. And that's how you find your happiness and, and success. Totally. I to piggyback one more time, what's the worst thing that can happen? You go bankrupt? Big deal. <laughs> you'll figure like it out. You'll figure it out. You exactly. got to that point before. Like, what, what are you hanging on to? <laughs> exactly. And I will say, though, I, that's because I've been born into privilege. And I'm sure oh. you, know, you have, have too. But there are Absolutely. a lot of people are not in this position. And bankruptcy can mean a lot different things. So, which is why I think evening out the playing field as best we can is, is so important and critical. Mm -hmm. And if we can use our businesses to help do that, great. Absolutely. Uh, ben, where can people find out more about you and more about Welly? I would just say our website, uh, wellybottle.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Jordan, really appreciate it. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.